So Money episode 404, Startup Week continues with Courtney Young, founder of Think Young Media Group. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 77 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business, and it all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy, too busy, too busy worrying about your budget, your scheduling appointments, or to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result will be stunning. Welcome to So Money, everyone. It's Thursday, April 21st, last episode of Startup Week here on So Money. Our guest today is a writer and entrepreneur raised in Southwest Louisiana, living today in New York City. Courtney Young is the founder of Think Young Media Group. It's a boutique technology and media agency that produces narrative, documentary, and TV projects. She also co-founded Heart Mob which is a tech platform designed to reduce trauma and isolation for individuals experiencing online harassment, which is sadly a really big thing these days. She was able to raise money through grants and through a very successful Kickstarter campaign. I wanted to explore that more with her. Our previous guest didn't exactly go down that path. And so for others out there that are interested in starting a nonprofit, raising money through crowdfunding, how did she do it? What was her approach? And would she recommend it again? Courtney's writing has been featured in publications including The Nation, The American Prospect, and Ms. Magazine. Courtney and I also talk about you know, growing up in the South. What was that like? And what did her parents teach her about money? And making ends meet when you're running a nonprofit. And by the way, she went to NYU as well, which is not inexpensive. So I had to ask her, you know, how are you exactly uh, supporting yourself these days? Here is Courtney Young. Courtney Young, welcome to So Money, saving the best interview for last on Startup Week. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much, Farnoosh, for having me on So Money. And I've been a longtime fan of yours. So <laughs> it's an extra bonus to get to talk to you one on one. Well, thank you. I'm so flattered also to know that I have such aspirational and kick-ass listeners like yourself, you wrote in to me as I was reaching out, casting a wide net for this week of startup entrepreneurs. And I was immediately interested in what you're doing. I think uh, what you're doing is important. It's also um, very much in the moment. I think, unfortunately, you know, we're experiencing a lot of harassment as so much communication has gone online. I've been at the, the end of a lot of online harassment because I do a lot of work online. And especially when I was at Yahoo, what do you, what do you expect? People are going to leave comments and they're going to, a lot of times it's negative. And I've just learned to develop a very, very, very thick skin. But if you're 13, 14, 15, it's not easy. 
enough about that. Let's talk about the genesis for your brilliant idea. HeartMob is a website that uh, is meant to reduce trauma and isolation for those of us experiencing online harassment. Tell me a little bit about why you wanted to go down this path. Why HeartMob for you? Sure. So um, let's start at the beginning. I'm a board member of an amazing organization in Brooklyn called Hollaback. And Hollaback was founded by Emily May. And it works to end street harassment for women, particularly. And um, Heart Mob was actually a group effort. I'm on the board of Hollaback, and I sort of moved as a co-founder of, of Heart Mob, which was sort of inspired by Emily's sort of idea, well, all this stuff is happening on the street. What about moving uh, some of the work that we're doing to the online space? Interestingly enough, last year we raised um, a good deal of money for the platform. We were awarded a little over half a million dollars from the Knight Foundation. We were also awarded an additional $100,000 from the Digital Trust Foundation. And we raised uh, a little over $25,000 from a Kickstarter campaign for the platform. We'll be rolling out a second introduction of the platform next uh, next week. So we're really excited about that. But, you know, I'd love to talk to you more about raising money for HeartMob and online harassment. But in the meantime, while I'm co-founding a HeartMob, I'm also founding my own business called Think Young Media Group, which deals a lot with sort of media production. So, so I've written two screenplays and I'm wow. currently working on a pre-Civil War miniseries on John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. So my, 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 oh my gosh, is all a- over the place. <laughs> Two distinct pots, but um, I found synchronicity mm-hmm. and um, super excited to talk to you about both initiatives, how um, money and raising money. Yeah. And how do you keep it together? <laughs> I do. Well, the great thing about HeartMob is there's a complete team behind it. The The response that we've gotten to HeartMob has been incredibly um, warming and has been incredibly great. We were actually endorsed by the editorial board of the New York Times. And wow. we've been, yeah, and we've been written up in places such as Cosmopolitan Magazine, Refinery 21, Fast Company, yeah. and the Washington Post. So, and, and like I said, there's a complete team behind it at Hollaback. We've made a lot of great hires there as well. So I think that's really keeping the engine going is having this incredible team and mm-hmm. also this incredible energy that's coming behind it. Well, it's obvious why you have all this editorial support. I mean, who doesn't want to help a mission like this? Online harassment has grown rampant. Did you find that it was a lot easier to go out there and ask for money because you are a nonprofit through grants and Kickstarter as opposed to an actual business, a a for-profit business? You know, I think um, one thing that we um, recognized was that even though we were a nonprofit, we had to run ourselves like we were a business, right? Because HeartMob is not going to fund itself. And it became very clear that we had to, one, create the business model, really understand how HeartMob was going to become self-sustaining. Second, we really had to get really clear about where we could seek the funding. Because we're a nonprofit, we immediately went the sort of foundation route. But I think it's also really important to start thinking outside of your comfort zone, right? And I I would definitely uh, suggest the crowdfunding route for entrepreneurs or, or anyone who has an idea and they want to get customer feedback, get an idea about the type of people who would be interested in that project, and also bypass traditional gatekeepers and really go directly to the source. Um, right now, um, in my research, I found that there are over 
are by the end of this year, there will be over 2,000 different crowdfunding sites across the world. Um, so there are crowdfunding sites for nonprofits, uh, crowdfunding sites um, that that are asking for loans, uh, and then your traditional Indiegogos and, and Kickstarters. I think in terms of crowdfunding, about 90% of the work goes in before you actually launch the crowdfunding campaign. Mm-hmm. So you're really thinking through the marketing. Okay, who are the players? Who are parts of um, my own personal network that I can get on board um, who will actually help make this campaign go viral? Uh, The video is also really important, introducing yourself and making sure that you're really uh, talking about the core of your idea and why this matters to the audience and also getting the time right. We found that the 30 to 40 day window is really the sweet spot. Did you offer an incentive to those who gave money? I know a lot of kickstarting Kickstarter campaigns and Indiegogo, they'll say, you know, help me support my new hat company and you'll get a hat for free. And you know, Absolutely. But what were you offering, if anything, to, to donors or just they were just donating because they really wanted to be a part of it? Well, some people did uh, forgo some of the traditional rewards that we were offering because they just wanted to support HeartMob. But yeah, we we offered a lot of different stuff. We definitely had a lot of uh, different rewards, items that you could get from Hollaback. It's really about getting creative about the rewards that we were able to offer and things that we knew would be helpful and really uh, inspiring and things that the type of people who would donate to Heart Mob would possibly want. And did a lot of the money come in at the last minute? Because I find that's true in a lot of my friends' cases who've started campaigns online to, to crowdfund. That's super important. So for us, a lot of the money came at the beginning and the very end. So I think it's it's really great when people see money coming in at the beginning because that shows them, oh, okay, there's some traction behind this project. And a lot of people are sort of donating, and which is great. But um, we had a lot of money come in for the last 12 hours. And, and we definitely made, made our mark, which was great. And another thing about crowdfunding, it's really important that you understand the rules of the specific platform that you're using. So for Kickstarter, if you don't raise the amount of money that you initially set, you don't get any of the money. Where on other platforms, you get the money you've raised, they just take a bigger uh, percentage. Mm -hmm. So it's just really keeping all that stuff in mind before doing like your initial crowdfunding. My So Money team's recently become a fan of a company called Realty Shares that's disrupting the real estate finance industry with their crowdfunding platform. Here's some investment advice brought to you by our April sponsor, RealtyShares.com. Haley from New York writes, how do I invest in real estate in California? Well, Haley, one easy way to invest in any one of the 50 states is through a real estate crowdfunding website. There are a few, but RealtyShares.com has the lowest investment minimums. RealtyShares allows accredited investors to invest as little as $5,000 per transaction in residential and commercial real estate projects across the U.S. What's great about Realty Shares is that all of the real estate deals are sourced and vetted by experienced investment professionals. Thousands of investors are using the platform to browse through deals and invest in minutes. Of course, keep in mind that all investments are risky and may lose value. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For this month only, when you sign up at RealtyShares.com slash SoMoney and link a bank account, the company will transfer $50 into your linked bank account. Visit RealtyShares.com slash SoMoney to begin today. 
So tell me a little bit more about the nonprofit. How does it actually activate itself? Who are your partners and what are some success stories? I've really enjoyed my time as a board member of Hollaback. Uh, it's a wonderful organization. And a lot of our funding, um, traditionally, we have individual donors, which are, are, are wonderful and a big part of our base. But we also have foundation support, which is also a big part of our base as well. And we're sort of looking to expand. And like, I think a lot of um, nonprofits, particularly after the economic downturn, have really thought about how to run ourselves as, as a business and how to kickstart ourselves entrepreneurially. It's really about being very creative about earned income strategies, also expanding our individual donor base, also looking towards corporate support and maybe um, government support at the local and the state level as well. Give me some examples of some of the lives that you've helped and touched through the organization. I'm sure that's that's why you're in it, right? You know, we found that a big part of HeartMob success is our bystander uh, component. And what we have is we see a lot of people who see people being harassed online, but don't know what to do about it. So a lot of people are saying that the opportunity to get bystanders involved and to offer support uh, during that time of online harassment is a really big part of what makes HeartMob so successful and what people, people like about the platform. Did you always aspire to be an entrepreneur? Did you grow up thinking this is definitely something you wanted to become, maybe before you even knew what it was called, you know, but you always wanted to maybe be a leader, be in charge, be your own boss. Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure, absolutely. I'm from Southwest Louisiana, and both my parents were born uh, late 40s in, in Northern Louisiana. My dad was one of 10, and my mom was one of seven. They are completely self-made. And I know that the reason why I'm able to think the way that I have and been educated in the way that I have been are solely because of my parents and, and my dad managed his own, uh, my mom managed my dad's medical practice. And growing up, I saw my parents working for themselves. And I think that really set the foundation for where I am now. Um, I got my master's from NYU's Gallatin School of Individualized Study, and I was able to create my own master's program. So I was able to incorporate performance studies, business studies, history, all of these things to make a really innovative master's program for myself. And I think that's really what set the foundation for me. I knew ultimately I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to spend my time on the projects and the industries that meant the most to me. And for me, that was uh, definitely I wanted to do something around women and wanted to do something about making women's lives safer and helping women realize their own potential without having to deal with sort of like these these other creepy things like harassment and 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 uh, violence in the home and things of that nature. But also, I did want to make my own media, so I'm very fortunate now to uh, be working with HeartMob and also to be working with Think Young Media. Two things that are really at the core of of. Uh, what I want to be doing with my life. And I definitely um, credit my parents <laughs> because both of them are completely self-made in that way. So you went to NYU, which is not cheap. Then no. <laughs> you uh, are in the nonprofit space, not a lot of money. So tell me how you're supporting yourself. 
And that's the number one question. For myself, I've had a very interesting uh, professional background. So when I was still um, in in college uh, at Spelman University, at Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia, I was accepted into a co-program with Goldman Sachs and Dartmouth Tuck Business Bridge Program, where I rotated through the different parts of Goldman Sachs. So I was in commodities, I was in uh, global investment, all these different things. And while it was a very valuable experience. I realized that investment banking wasn't for me. So then after that, I went through the nonprofit space. After that, I, I did some freelance journalism and now I'm doing a lot of entrepreneur work. Part of what I've done um, is I knew that since I wanted to do this work for myself, I knew I had to sustain myself. So what I did was I just sat down and came up with a list of about a hundred different fellowships, grants, government opportunities, things of that nature. And I just sat down for like a couple months and just started applying to these different places and just really, really putting myself out there. And then after a while, I started getting, you know, some rejections, but I also get a, got some <laughs> successes. So after that initial money started coming in, I was able to really create a foundation for myself and create a foundation for my business thinking media. And also um, it affords me the time to work on a heart mob as well. So I was really intentional about defining the lifestyle I want, finding out what that lifestyle cost and how I could strategically get there on my own. And that's what I did. I just really did the research. I found out what was out there. You found the free money. You found the free money, girl. Yeah. And I just, that's what I did. I just really made a professional and a financial plan for myself. And after I made those goals, I was really like, okay, now I have these goals. What are the strategic steps that I can take right now to get me from A to B. And that's what I did. You reverse engineered it. So what's next for you? And how, may I ask, um, are you, a, do you categorize yourself as a millennial? I can't tell what your age is because your picture looks like you're 22, but you've accomplished <laughs> so much. You could be a 50 year old. I don't know. That's so funny. So I consider myself a very old millennial, you know, depending on which thing I'm reading. I'm either a very young Gen Xer or a very old millennial. So I just turned 36. I, I consider myself a millennial, but that depends on who you're talking to. But one thing for me right now is I'm super, super, super committed to financial literacy, right? So I feel like in defining the lifestyle I want, figuring how much it costs, how do I get there? I also really go back to the beginnings and figure out why money is so important to me. When I think about money, what are the emotions that come up? Do I get angry? Do I get stressed? Do I get happy? Do I uh, get passionate? Sort of what are those initial emotional sort of feelings that I get? Why this lifestyle and why at its core is money really important to me? And I'm also, um, I subscribe to your newsletter. So, oh, so I'm, I'm, but what are those key financial and growth metrics for my own personal financial life? Like, do I under, can I calculate simple interest? Do I understand what a mutual fund is. Do I know what happens right. to the price of a bond when interest rates go up? And becoming comfortable talking about money, mm -hmm. talking about, you know, I know my financial situation like the back of my hand and I know what I need to do to move myself forward. And that sort of stuff makes me so much more comfortable. It just makes money not as scary to me anymore. 
And this is just for your own personal development. You're not trying to start Absolutely. a foundation or anything. I think that's really, really admirable. And um, I'm, I'm so proud again, like I said at the very beginning, I'm so proud and flattered that you are a listener of this show because I feel like I could learn a lot from my listeners, including Courtney. Thank you so much for joining us. This was such a fantastic way to round out Startup Week. Thank you for, for initially reaching out to me and sharing your story with me. It totally stopped me in my tracks. And I think uh, listening to how you established the, the nonprofit and the goals that you set out for yourself and how you've accomplished them are uh, lessons we can all learn from. So thank you very much, Courtney, and wishing you continued success this year. Oh, thank you so much for Nushin. You are definitely a mentor from afar. And it's been a pleasure to speak to you uh, this morning. I wish we had more time. Me too. I sure won't. Thank you so much, Farnoosh. It's been a pleasure. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Courtney, her website is thinkyoungmedia.com. HeartMob is iheartmob.org. And you can also follow Courtney on Twitter at Think Young Media. All this info back at SoMoneyPodcast.com where you can download the transcript, leave a comment, or get in touch. Click on Ask Farnoosh and send me your question for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Hope you enjoyed Startup Week. Tomorrow's another fresh episode of Ask Farnoosh. See you right back here. In the meantime, I hope your day is so money.